Hey, everybody, and welcome to another adventure, or they call it an episode, of Father Knows Something. And uh, everyone, why are we, I know why we're wearing robes. I'm going to share with you. Uh, for some of you guys that really never got to have the full father experience of them embarrassing you by coming out with like boxers and a t-shirt or just a bathrobe when your friends are there and you're like, what are you doing? And this is what I pulled tonight. I came out and I said, they're going to get the full father uh, experience. So here we are. Here we are. Yeah, definitely a double meaning with that one because today's theme is heartbreak. And what do you want to do when you get your heart broken? You just want to get on a robe and find your comfort spot and just mellow. Yeah, have some chocolate, maybe some wine, macaroni some tears. And but macaroni and cheese and ice cream. A bathrobe <laughs> or a comfy big sweatshirt is some necessary. Nausea. Nausea? Yeah. Are you nauseous when you're sad? When Who you, doesn't get nauseous oh, when they're heartbroken? When you, when you really get heartbroken, yeah, you don't eat. You get you, you literally uh, a couple things happen when you get heartbroken. I go uh, the opposite way. I binge eat. Uh, typically, if you're really heartbroken, really in love with that person, you'll you, you quit eating. I think uh, you'll find if, if you if even if you try to fact check me on that one, you might find that one. No appetite. No appetite kills it. Yeah. No, I definitely sad stress. I eat my feelings. But it's so, either way, whatever you choose. So this is going to be an interesting uh, evening, I can tell. Yeah, yeah should be good. Because I've had my share of heartbreak. Have you now? I have. I've had uh, many, many years of heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll give great advice then. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it rolls. Okay. So let's get started. Okay, so up first, hi, Jerry, I love the show. I'll get right into it. I'm 23 and had been dating my boyfriend, 27 male, for the past three years, living together for two of them. I've never loved someone so much, but the relationship was not great. We had a lot of good times together, but we, but we are ultimately incompatible. He was a bit immature and his treatment of me wasn't always the best. He would constantly invalidate my feelings, blame me for everything, turn situations around on me, prioritize himself, ignore my bare minimum needs slash guilt me for them. I was the only one sacrificing everything, etc. We broke up four days ago. I'm in the process of moving out of our apartment, back in with my parents. I just finished my master's to be a therapist and I'll be getting a job soon. But I'm taking a couple months to relax and heal with my family before moving out again. I guess what I need advice on is how exactly to deal with heartbreak. Even though my ex treated me crappy, we had so much fun and love for each other. And the breakup hurts so much, even though I know it's for the best. It feels like there's a hole in my heart, and I don't know how to live without him. We are on good terms and no contact except for necessary logistics. I know it will get better with time, but for now, it hurts so, so much, and I don't know how to cope. I am starting therapy soon, and I have great friends, but still, ouch. 
three years of your life is a, is a lot of time to be with somebody. And if you think that you can take three years of waking up every morning and going to bed every night and having all the, the good experiences that you did have that, um, it didn't make an effect on you. It does. The, the good thing is, is that you do recognize clearly where the dysfunction was. And if I asked it, any of the two people to my left and said, do either one of you think that's going to improve as he gets older? No. No. Morgan, yes or no? Probably not. He's, he's okay. 27. Well, it might, okay. it might over time, but not within this relationship. Okay. So my, my point to you is it's, I don't see it, him changing a lot. That's it. You've got after, after one year, to year two and year three, it's pretty much who he is. And if it's not working with that chemistry between the two of you, you have a fresh start going forward. And as far as the pain goes, in the beginning, and as you miss that person, for some reason after we break up, we forget about the shit they pulled with us. We forget, we, we write off and give them amnesty in our head for their behavior because all we miss is the good time. It's like when you have childbirth, I am told, one of the most painful struggling moments in your life, but for some reason, moms keep going back and doing it again sometimes. <laughs> so it, you forget that pain and understand that heartbreak because let me tell you, I've been there and there are moments that I still think about those ones that I have loved and the good times that we had and some of the events we shared together, but it's okay to share to have those feelings and remember those good times that you shared because they were good experiences. You don't have to wipe them from your life. The only thing that you really need to wipe for your own health is the fact that this person isn't your person for the rest of your life. And you will through your new job and you know now that you got your degree, you're going to develop a whole new life, a whole new uh, area of working and people you're going to come in contact with. And probably if you have, if, unless the for some reason there's somebody that was in your past that you'll still be, the universe will, universe will connect you back with, you might meet somebody totally different, wildly different and because you know what what's not acceptable in your relationship, that trigger will be pulled a lot quicker if whoever you meet does come in your life and they have those behaviors. You will knock it and knock it out of the park and end that quicker than than anything that you've done in the past. So this is all healthy for you. And just, you know, enjoy your friends, enjoy your family, enjoy movies, enjoy your new job and we're in exercise and go out and do things and this will heal. But remember there is a hole and it's got to heal and you got to, got to give yourself a break and let it heal in a healthy way and move forward. And you know, you guys will want you that all healed. You might end up in friends in, in the future. I'm still friends with people who I was very much in love with one time, but now we're just friends and those feelings are they're non-existent. I mean, I married my, I, when I say I married my ex-girlfriend, I literally conducted the ceremony for her and her, her now husband and we're best friends. I mean, we're very good friends. So it, it, it can roll that way. I'm going to let you guys take it. Yeah. I always, these stories always kind of bring me back to, you know, I sympathize very deeply with it because I remember that first shock feeling that you have at least for the first couple weeks, that really intense, just like, I don't know what to do. I can't move forward feeling. Mm -hmm. And 
it really does, if you can, I mean, you feel as like, you get through it, it is time. You I feel mean, like your left leg and right arm are gone or something like that. It's just like it's weird. you don't know how to proceed, but really it is time because I, I felt those feelings and it just goes away. Like you just build a new normal. And I think that's the hardest part is you recognize the relationship wasn't great. Obviously, once something ends, all you can think of are the good things. But in knowing that it wasn't great, I think you need to const- you need to keep reminding yourself that it wasn't perfect, that this isn't your person forever. And that will help kind of balance out only remembering and romanticizing the good parts. But if you just lean into friends, lean into distractions and just get through some time. Don't wish time away, but honestly, like the first couple of weeks, you can wish that time away as quickly as you want because you just got to distract yourself. And then once you start to feel okay, that's when you can really focus on self-love, self-healing, and just getting back to that independent life for a while. And then it just, it does get better. And it opens up a door because you already pointed out the flaws in the relationship. So you know you can find something better and someone better, which you will. So it's just, you have to go through this to get there. Yeah. The only thing I would add is Tylenol. Um, (laughs) Yeah, You might be laughing at me, but there is studies now that have come out that basically the part of our brain that recognizes emotional pain also recognizes physical pain. And breakups are painful. We go through physical, psychological, emotional pain with a breakup. And so if you are going through a recent breakup, take Tylenol for a couple of days after because it has been proven to decrease your heartache. Wow. Mm-hmm. And th- you were laughing at me. I thought it took a trip. I thought it took a, a ski trip to Jackson Hole, Wyoming for me. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. And I was on top of the hill and I would say, she's trying to call me. She's trying to call me. I would I'd go, I can feel the vibe. And I'd go down, I'd check my email. I would I, I was a I was a nutcase. An absolute nutcase. You're like that with every breakup, though. No, I'm different. Oh, no. We'll start with the big letter A. That was the recent one. And uh, you were were bad. Well, not like... The the one was Jackson Hole, Wyoming was really insanity. I mean, I kept going up (laughs) and down the hill thinking that the phone was ringing. That's what it's like, though. It's insanity. You you cling to it. As soon as it's over, You, the only thing you want is for it to not be over, even though you know... It should be over, which is the weird part. But also, how do you go from something you're so, even if it's a bad relationship, it's still your your normal, your comfort zone. It's what you know. Mm-hmm. And to break that after years is weird. That's like all of a sudden without, it's like involuntarily all of a sudden needing to just leave your house. It's like you get evicted. You kind of are in this shock, uh, especially if you don't see it coming. So it's just... I don't know. You go from the closest person in your life mm-hmm. to we're never going to talk again, right. basically, unless you're friends and whatever right. down the line. But essentially, you go from knowing everything and you are the closest. That's right. To nothing, and it's it's that, crazy. That shift isn't going to be easy, no matter what. You want to know the good news? Who or what? You ready for the good news? The the optimistic side. Here it comes. You know what it is to love. And you know what you want to have to be loved. 
And because you know what that feeling feels like, you're going to find it easier the second time and stronger than the first time. And falling in love is one of the best feelings and the most exciting times you can ever go through. Well, so certainly lust. You get to do it again. <laughs> lust right? is you, great. No, but they get to do it again. <laughs> again. So it's like, look forward to the good parts. Yeah, but it also, it, it the, 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 Beginning lustful part is a lot of fun, but the depth of love as you as you spend those years and that and gain that trust with that person really is the best. So there's two there's two sides of it. That's deep in the future. Oh yeah, this one. But the the initial ride is great. I love yeah. I love that first little. It's a lot of thrill. Yeah. But, okay. We got to get my junk out of here. I forgot to clean off the table, so pass my my junk down this way. I see junk. Yeah. Junk except, shop. Well, except that lighter. I got this new lighter, you guys, and it is the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's like a normal Bic lighter, but it's got a baby torch on the top. So you don't burn the shit out of your fingers. Yeah. And I always like hit For candles. Candle. Yeah. For candles. Well, and when they burn really deep, yeah, it's just magic. Okay. Don't, what'd you do? Can't well, take, here's can't the thing. Have you ever done the flint? The, the don't waste one. my gasoline. And you point it down and something about the wick starts like flickering and sparking and it all lands on your thumb. Yeah, it hurts. And it just like... That's... <laughs> yeah. So all of my candles, like especially the wood wick ones, they spark off on you and it hurts like when you're really close. So this is perfect. Literally like the tall, thin candles that you have to light way down in there. Exactly. I'm ready to do another read. I'm, I'm, I'm in the mood. Okay. <laughs> Up next. My boyfriend, male 19, of almost four years, broke up with me, female 19, out of nowhere a few weeks ago. He texted me a paragraph while I was at work, basically saying he doesn't love me anymore and wants the relationship to end. We exchanged a few text messages before he ended up saying goodbye and blocking me on everything. What is this shit with these people breaking up with a text message? 19. Keep going. Keep going. Keep 19. Going. I'll shut up. I just listened to this crap. Go ahead. I was absolutely heartbroken and on the verge of an anxiety attack, so I was forced to leave work early that day. I didn't do anything to deserve this type of reaction from him. No, you did I ended up getting a hold of him, and we met in person. I did and said everything I could think of, but for some reason, he just didn't even want to try. When I realized he wasn't going to say yes to working on the relationship, I asked to be friends. We have been together since we were 15 and have been each other's first boyfriend-girlfriend first kiss, and we lost our virginities to each other. This relationship was incredibly serious, and we had completely planned on spending our lives together, even going as far as picking out future baby names. We have been long distance the past year at college, which has been rough, but we both went into it fully prepared to face any challenges that would come up together. It's been a few weeks since the breakup, and I cannot move on. This boy is the love of my life, and I miss him constantly. We have seen each other and have talked a few times since the breakup, and while he cares about me, he doesn't want to try again right now, even though at one point he entertained the idea before changing his mind and saying he just wanted to be friends. We briefly tried going no contact, but that didn't work out. We both go back to school in three weeks, and once that happens, I feel like there's little to no chance of trying again. So many friends have told me I will find somebody better, that I shouldn't be treated this way, that I'm still so young and this won't matter in the long run, and that he doesn't deserve me. But frankly, I don't even care. I know I am still young and could find somebody else one day, but I don't want to, and I don't think I will ever get over this boy enough to get to that point. I'm scared I will look for him in all my future relationships, and I don't ever want to do that to somebody else. I want him back so terribly bad that it hurts all the time. 
I've literally tried everything in order to start to move on, but I don't know what else to do. He told me that he may want to try again in the future, and I know I shouldn't wait for him because it's so painful, but I can't help but think that's all I can do. I'm trying to be happy on my own, but it's so hard. I would really appreciate any and all advice on my situation as I am so lost on what to do. Ideal outcome? Ideally, he would realize how good he has it with me and we would work things out. Or I would figure out how to move on and be happy on my own because if it's meant to be, it will happen. Any additional info? He has told me that he knows he probably won't find somebody who loves him as much and is willing to fight for him like I am. This is partially why I'm struggling because if he knows that, why won't he put in the effort? So I want you to, everything you said and some of the things you said at the end are very true. Um, but I'm going to say this 25% of your life was with this, was with this guy. You guys are yin and yang, but what's going on is that there's a developmental side what's happening right now and exploratory side. And I'm not going to tell you to wait, but I'm also not going to tell you that things can turn around because you are such an integral part of, of breathing, the breathe in and the breathe out. That's going to have some effect as he goes forward. He's not going to experience that right off the bat. He is going to experience lust right now as he sees other, you know, candy out there. And I hate to say it that way and, and try to, you know, uh, invalidate the importance of of a relationship, but he's 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 gone to college. He's his eyes are wide open. There's experiences. Things are are just going on, and and he doesn't know how to quite to deal with it. So he's going to explore. So one thing that you said, if we're meant to be, will be. It will happen. But you're going to have to give that time, and you are not to sit by and wait for him and dwell about it. Why this does happen? You need to go explore and grow on your own to see what other people offer in a relationship, and see what's really there to see what was important about the relationship you have, or what is important with the next relationship that you have with people that you meet. None of this is really bad. It's just this is a growing pain. And when sometimes if you are an athlete and you go on off season a little bit and you come back and you work hard, your muscles get sore. It's hurt, it hurts when you grow your muscles and, and, they're, and they're stretched a little bit more. So let the muscle of love get stretched a little bit and get deeper on his part. I know that you're there. I know you feel it. But he's got to come into it full realizing that how could I've ever thought that I'm going to give up the most important person in my life. And you want to be the most important person in his life to build this family and build a home and to build a life and to go for it. Because life is a long time. It's not five years. It's 70 years more. I mean, it's crazy what's out there and how long we're living these days. And going through the pains of, you know, working, not working, children, you know, your your children's having their issues and having to do all this stuff together united, you got to make sure you're with the right person. And he's only got past the, you know, the first, you know, the, the, you know, the first quarter in the game, we, we have a long game ahead of us. So go on, be with your friends, meet people, go on dates, go do whatever it is. And it, 
as much as he probably is dating right now, I would imagine. It sounds this sounds a, a typical thing that happens when someone is is already dating somebody else. They come, they cut it off as quick and clean as they can, so they can feel free to move on and not have anybody mad. But th- there's a long road ahead when he starts dating somebody, and it's not going to always be you know peaches and cream. It it could end abruptly as as it starts. It's all this is a real road, so just. Grin and Barrett, enjoy the ride while he's doing his thing. You just go do your thing and see where you guys end up at the end of the, at the end of the game. Uh, just two points, just from my experience. I probably would have felt the same way coming out of high school. With oh, I just got lucky, and the first person is my soulmate, and we were each other's first, and we were first kiss, first everything, first. I mean, prom and every like you go through mm-hmm. all these life, big life changes and life experiences with this one person and you think, oh my God, I like, it's rare to have high school sweethearts and all this thing and all this stuff, but maybe I just got lucky, you know, because it's not that you're not smart. It's just that you're relatively inexperienced when it comes to love because you've only had one relationship. Mm-hmm. Sort of puts you in this box where you think, this is it. And it, you know, in, I would say in a majority of cases, it isn't. It, you, you find out through this. I mean, it, texting someone to break up isn't great. Um, <laughs> it, at least you didn't get ghosted long distance. Like, I mean, <laughs> I, right. And I, I just think it's hard at that age as a male to, have the maturity to sit down with someone and say, hey, this isn't working. I'm not feeling it anymore. I'd, I'm, you know, feeling that I need to go explore and do whatever, which this is the time. If you guys, you know, you don't want to convince them to stay because you're going to just prolong these problems. But that also goes along with, I had two friends in high school. I've told this many times on this podcast and on two outtakes, but I had two friends in high school that, high school sweethearts left for college tried to do the long distance thing broke up both like went and did their thing for two three four five years all of a sudden on instagram you see them back together because they're both back home thriving married have a house i think they have pets i don't know if they have kids yet but it does happen the only reason it happened for them is not because they both sat around and thought, hmm, I'm just so excited to like get back once we're both done exploring and finally be together again. It's they both fully true, truly thought it was done. Yet they, through dating a bunch of other people and all these other life experiences, still back and found each other because I'm sure they never found anyone else like them. So... It does happen, but it only will happen if you don't hold out hope and you truly can get yourself to fully move on. You have to grow to be the to be the the most uh, incredible person, full woman that you can be. And when you come back, or when when he when he does see you, or you see him, and after you guys have all these other experiences that that weren't meant to be because you were really truly meant to be, then that would that's going to hit home real big time. So you got to go grow. You have to go forward and 
let it play its toll. I know that, you know, we talked, you know, in other shows that my son, my, my, uh, two of my nephews married their high school sweethearts. And there were periods of time where they broke up. It did happen and they got back together, but I'm not saying, wait, do not wait. You got to move on. You got to, you got to let yourself bloom to the flower that you are really intended to be. If I, if I have to use a metaphor. And that means life experiences, all kinds of life experiences. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because like I I think a lot of us out there can look back at, you know, our past relationships and say, Oh, thank God I didn't end up with that person. And I can put myself in these shoes yesterday. I had my college boyfriend dated two and a half, almost three years, break up with me in a text message. And he was 23. And they all spew the same bullshit. I literally pulled it up just to see if I still had it. <laughs> I've been thinking a lot, and I really don't think I'll ever be able to live up to what you need out of me and what you deserve out of a boyfriend. We've been through the same argument a hundred times that I don't call enough, and it's true. I don't call enough for a relationship, but I really don't see myself changing that. I really don't know if I'll be moving back to the U.S. anytime soon. Things have changed, and I can't be what you deserve in a boyfriend. You're an amazing young woman who was always there for me, and I never gave you what you deserved. I really don't think I'll ever be able to. Sorry, Morgan. See, that was my breakup. <laughs> see, but here's the thing: after if, after two and a half years, yeah, yes, that's what but I got. If that was he came to Minnesota, sat down with you, and said, "Hey, I just want to have a serious conversation," I would have taken a phone call. No, like, right? But but if you sit in person, <laughs> because there is some maturity and respect, respect. In, in those words respect in those words just but he the, did he gave her a nice text message I, I know but the way it's done is the the immature and the like the, he had another girlfriend already i know so it's it's more the fact that if you can actually sit down and say that it's worlds different this is like to the guy in this story, right? Yeah. If you could actually sit down I'm and do that. I'm just using but... it as an example of like words, like him saying like, oh, I know you're the best I'll ever get. Those are just words. Mm -hmm. There's no, I could say that to you. I could say that to my ex. I, it's, it's so easily said in the moment. And you know, he probably does care greatly for her. But I think like, I'm trying to like put, it in a perspective in a sense where it's like it is really really hard to break up with someone you thought is your forever and I will like I'm trying to put it in a way too where it's like every single relationship I had you do talk about marriage you ask those questions which with each person as you get more you serious you gotta figure it out you gotta figure it out so like I'm just trying to say like just because you had these conversations with him doesn't mean you're not gonna have them again with someone else and Looking back at, you know, that relationship, I remember that heartbreak. I remember thinking, oh my God, I'm never going to have anyone better. I'm never going to be able to move on. And yet I'm so glad I did because my friends were saying the same stuff. I did deserve better. I deserve someone who's going to choose me, who's not going to break up with me after freshman year because he wants to go party and meet girls and hook up with everyone. And you do too. And it's, it's hard because that is like young love. That's the epitome of losing young love. And so I'm just trying to put it into this perspective of like, I know it is hard and you are miserable and you think this is your person and maybe he will be years down the road, but don't think 
about that now. Just don't even consider it. Don't even consider it. I wouldn't even put that as a thought in your mind because you do deserve better. I just can't see somebody saying, I want to be friends or something later that would break up with you over a telephone and not have the respect to come talk to you and say, look, I mean, you guys are your we're best friends and best friends really come down and really have a real conversation. I'm feeling this or I'm feeling emotions. I want to go out, explore. I want to see what it is to be with somebody else. He's 19. He's just. But if somebody has a conversation that you really, if you're a couple, they're going to work through life together. These are the conversations that they should have had that day, even to end it. They should have had an honest, true conversation where they are to, to, to bring it whole. That's, that's what I would at least hope some some semblance of that rather than just the easy phone call saying, hey, I'm checking out. Good luck to you. But at 19, like, I'm going to be honest, I don't think you really know how to have those conversations yeah. yet. I think that like this boyfriend of mine, 23 at the time we broke up, he played two years of junior hockey and then went to four years of college. Like, And all he was interested in was, was being done with the relationship because he had somebody else there and he just wanted to be clean cut and through. And he didn't you know, care. And maybe this guy does have someone else already. Maybe he doesn't. He just wants to see what's out there. But I, I will say like, it is hard to have those conversations, especially if you've never had them before and you don't know how to break up. So you're cutting him slack. I am. I think, I think, you know, we all have to go through that. And I think, you know, I've been that girl sitting there crying outside the car for my high school boyfriend why are we breaking up? Like, I thought you loved me. I thought we were like, I thought we were going to make it work. I thought we were everything. And he, and I'm literally crying my fucking guts out. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. I just can't do this. Like I've been there. And so, and she was the same, the same way asking him like, why can't we make it work? And it's like, you shouldn't have to cry and beg someone to Dude, want to be with I, you. I agree with that. I agree with that. And then, and that would, I, uh, and I would hope that in this conversation, that wouldn't have happened if he would have fessed up with what's really going on in his life and his truth. But about, maybe he doesn't even know yet. Well, maybe he I, just I, has realized I, that they're not I got meant it. to be. I, I, I get it. I Who understand knows? that sometimes the chicken shit way may be excusable. I know that I went out with a woman from the time I was 18. I, I, it took me years for her to go out with me. And we, we were together for four years. And that, that day came where I said to her, we're just not going to make it. I, I need to go out and explore. I don't want to cheat on you. I don't want to lie to you. I just want to let you know where I'm at. And if something happens in the future and we end up back, I knew I was always honest with her. Yeah. And, I, I, and, and she deserved the respect to know where we were and why we are there and there was no working it out because of the because of of, of a. It was you can't get away from a. I I I'm going to go experience this. You need to experience this. Yeah, I think the last point I'll say before we move on is it's hurting that much more because you didn't see it coming, mm -hmm. and I think that's making you almost cling to it more, is because of the shock because that'll make you try to pull it back as much as you can whereas if you like if you had seen it coming it's i feel like it's a little less so yeah no you still you heartbreak move on, but, but you it's easier to but move i think on. the shock makes you be like no no i yeah. i will share i will share this with you and this is this is my life experience when it when this happens don't sit there and fight with them 
to keep to stay going because at the end of the day, you may make it last another week or another two weeks, but it does always end up in the same place. It will done. So you know when you feel the game coming to an end, when when you start keeping score for, at the game, or you're worried about you know going to overtime, just let it go away. And if it, something happens in another day or another time, hey, great, because people always dwell when they when they finally have a, a fall in their next relationship, or the one after that, or the one after that, they go back and they reflect on who was great in their life and who treated them really with respect and who they got along with, and they start re. They always do think about that time if they made a mistake. I know I have done it, at least, and I know a lot of friends I've I had that in those lull times, you do reflect. Oh, he came my my ex, he came back. Epiphany. Lots of apologies. Epif- Lots of apologies. Epiphany? Oh yeah. Epiphany. Had epiphany. epiphany. Yeah. It's an N or an M? Epiphany. 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 Th. Epiphany. Yeah. Yeah. And for your own sake, do not try to be friends with an ex when you are still in love with them and you are hurting like this. And that goes for anyone. You cannot be friends with an ex if you still have strong feelings and you're hoping in the back of your head you'll get back together. It doesn't work. It just prolongs the pain. Yeah. Well, it might increase the pain too because you have yeah. to see them. Do Don't other do it. Things it's not worth you. it. It's just not worth it. Okay. All right. Ready for a new one? Up no. next. Hi, Jerry, Justin, and Morgan. I'm a huge fan of both shows and love to hear all the stories. Sorry if this is long, but I, 22 female, lost my best friend, 22 female, in an accident last week. I don't have many friends I can talk to. And she was what I would call my platonic soulmate. So I would usually go to her with this, but now I can't and don't have a relationship with my own dad anymore. My problem is with my ex-boyfriend, 23 male. We broke up a couple of weeks ago. As he said, he wasn't ready for commitment. Not to me, but more he wasn't ready to commit to having to see me and play the boyfriend role. However, we still see each other almost daily. Whenever we are together, he still acts like we're in a relationship and it is confusing to me. Whenever I try to put some distance between us, not messaging slash seeing him, etc., he is phoning me up and asking why. The loss of my best friend brought us closer, as he has dealt with the same thing two years ago. And some days he's amazing at helping me through the pain, and other days he tells me he's not ready for the commitment. I guess I'm just looking for advice on how to deal with the situation and how to deal with grief, as I have never lost anyone before. Thank you so much for listening ideal outcome to be able to deal with the grief and not let it consume me also to know where I stand anything else his family is amazing with me and disapprove of what he's doing they tell me he wants to be with me but he's playing games he also said he wants to focus on himself the gym and playing his video games this is interesting to the fact that you guys are definitely friends and he said look I'm not interested in being your boyfriend I want to be your friend and I'm cool with that. But being a friend is having someone that you can talk to and you can be with, he can be that platonic person. You don't, you don't have to try to press the role of him being your boyfriend or nor does he have to pretend he's your boyfriend. You're not asking him for any intimacy. You're saying, hear me out. Talk to me. I, I'm, I've lost this person who was, you know, so where I relied on and then you and I are taking a change which I relied on. 
and I feel totally abandoned all the way with no support from anybody. And if you're my friend, be my friend. And if he, if he, if he gets that, he will still be your friend. And if not, then you just cut off, you, you cut off that relationship totally for right now. And you get going to, you're going to have to find either someone with, with, you know, professional help to help talk to you, which I, I hate to say, go find professional help, you know, to go talk about your friend, but it's not going to hurt to talk to someone that's going to be there to give you advice and counsel you through this. Um, I, there's, I, I'm sure you can probably go to, you know, find some groups that are grief groups that can probably help you too. Cause remember you're dealing with grief, not only from the loss of your friend, your best friend, your soulmate, you're dealing with the grief of this relationship as well. There, there's all kinds of stuff going on on with you. So if you were able to have a, a connection of Morgan came to me with this stuff, yes, as her dad, I would be there. And I would console her and I would sit down and say, hey, let's just watch a movie together. And I don't know where your mom is. And I don't know if you have any siblings or cousins, but other people that love you that will say, hey, just come over and just hang with us. So I would reach out to see what other network you have within your family beside your your ex-boyfriend that is going to be there for you that you can just sit and just even if it's going to your grandmother's house or your aunt's house or somebody that you knew or that just watched TV with them, at least you have someone with you for that moment to give you a little extra support. And I get the support need. Do you guys have any ideas? I I think, you know, I haven't dealt with that type of grief and losing someone that close to you, but I can imagine it makes you cling to those around you. And you're not in a clear mental headspace where you can be very rational and think, oh, I probably shouldn't keep talking to my now ex-boyfriend, but I'm going through so much shit, it makes me feel better. So I just keep seeing him every day. And that's very confusing because it's not easy to break up and immediately just be like, okay, we're friends. You definitely need to grow apart romantically to then come back together and have a friendship. So it's, I I think what you're saying is right in the sense that you probably should get some space from him to be able to evaluate that situation from a distance, not while you're sitting right next to him and he's your, your comfort space right now. But the fact that you both went through something, you might just get into an awkward space where you become really close and then you have these heart, like very strong feelings and then you are heartbroken all over again. So it just might be balancing the fact that you're going through such trauma and grief right now, but also kind of need to distance from this, this source of comfort. Well, it's gooey and I'll, I'll explain why I say it's gooey. You know, if your boyfriend and girlfriend and you're in your grieving the loss of your girlfriend, you're going to go up to him and you're going to, I mean, it would be very un, not uncommon for you guys to cuddle up together on the sofa and watch a movie together and hold each other and, you know, and be together. Now you, now all you can do is go sit at each end of the couch and you can't get that reinforcement. And that might cause you pain as well that you can't feel the comfort 
to embrace one another, to, to, to soothe, you know, that, that primal need Yeah. where if you're with, you know, you're a family member, it's a different kind of comfort zone that you can sit there with them and watch TV and you can reflect and have conversations. It might be easier for you. Um, because as much as you might be doing that and, and then grieving your relationship with the boyfriend, thinking, I just wish I was with him right now. That's, that's, that's not part of the, the options. That option is gone. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a part of the problem here. Right. This guy gets to have his cake and, and eat, it, eat too. it too. And I mean, she even says it's confusing to me. We mm-hmm. broke up and yet he's acting like we're in a relationship. And I mean, if you look at everything he says, this guy's living the dream. He gets to have a girlfriend and that emotional intimacy, that maybe even physical intimacy of a relationship without, oh, you know, I'm not ready for a commitment. I'm not, I'm not well, ready he, yet. He's not even talking about it. For the, he says, I don't even want to date. But he says, I'm not ready for the commitment. Right. Yeah. I don't want to play the boyfriend role. Yet he'll act like it when it benefits him. And then when she starts slipping away, yeah. she gets the calls. So and that's exactly distance. that's exactly what these people do. And it it's, it's sad because he could be such a great support for you right now in this moment of need and loss and fucking tragedy. And I don't want to say he's maybe taking advantage of a situation. Maybe it just kind of slipped into it because, you know, love is it's like muscle memory. You can fall back into it and it's easy. But I don't want to see you get taken advantage of and see you get hurt even more by, you know, his desire to. It, it's a, there's a codependency there with him as well. So if you end it and you really walk away and go to somebody else to go find this nurture, nurturing that you need, at least for the the uh, the mourning of your friend and maybe the relationship as well. Go. See, I, I only hope that you have some other friend or a family member that you can go hang out, hang out with. I, grief groups are amazing. There are some amazing grief groups out there, and I'm sure there's one local you can find on Facebook or other means. I mean, there are so many people out there dealing with loss who can relate to you and help you, and you'll maybe even make, meet some new friends along the road and everything. And it sucks. I'm so, so sorry to hear you're going through this. And it's just shitty, but I don't, I don't think you necessarily need to cut him off just like straight shot. But I think you definitely, every time you're around him, need to draw solid boundaries that we are friends. We're not falling back into old patterns. We're not cuddling. We're not making out. We're not holding hands. We are friends. And you need the space. Not every day. You know, sometimes otherwise the, you'll never see it that way. You'll, this, all, you'll be stuck. This might be a, a crazy thought, and I don't know what you guys think of it. But may, maybe you'll find some solace if you go to, to your where they buried your friend, and you just sit with her, and you talk to her, and yeah. bring a picnic basket, bring a bottle of wine and a glass, and sit <laughs> there and 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 do your thing or water. I mean, you might have to drive home, <laughs> but you, you, I mean. Where I mean, she was she because she's passed and she's crossed, doesn't mean that you can't still have a spiritual relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is what you need right now is a spiritual relationship. But she is there if you allow it, and just in your mind, listen. I mean, you you probably get the answers. I would certainly give it a try, and you might all think I'm nuts. But no, I I, I, I think it I could be very helpful. This. I believe in this. 
I believe it could be very, very helpful. And I mean, journaling is also amazing. And you don't have to go to a cemetery to have a conversation with her. You can, that, do, it, mm-hmm. you can do it from the comfort of your chair in your living room. It's just where you find, where you find that connection stronger. Yeah. Again, so, so, so incredibly sorry for your loss. And uh, I can't imagine that feeling, but there are so many people out there that would love the opportunity to get to know you and help you and maybe you even help them along their grief journey. Mm-hmm. So I think. Do do write back if yeah. you have, if you want to get through it on the comment line, you can always comment when you hear the story and we read the comments so we can reach out to you and we can, you know, address that comment. Yeah. And if anyone else out there has, you know, we always say this at the end, but if anyone else out there relates to this story or any of the ones we talk about, go to YouTube. It's really easy to make an anonymous count so you can you can leave a comment because so many of the listeners out here would appreciate it and maybe benefit from it, especially if you've gone through something similar. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I read them because I'm trying to connect with everybody. I want them to know that we're here. Yeah, we are here. Okay. okay, let's keep cruising. Hi, Jerry. I'm a newer listener to this podcast, but I absolutely adore Morgan and Two Hot Takes, and I really appreciate the thoughtful advice you've given over at THT. I dated one of my good friends, and the breakup threw me off kilter. I'm doing okay. Honestly, I just started grad school, which is super intense, and I have lots of friends who have been supportive. However, the breakup resulted in me needing to take space from my ex, which led to a change in my relationship with our mutual friends. Is it possible to find a new normal with these mutual friends if I can't reconcile my friendship with my ex? Due to the timing of the breakup, beginning of April, this group of friends have been really, really busy with work and life, so I haven't seen them in a couple of months. I've reached out a few times, but our schedules don't seem to line up. In my head, I worry that this breakup ruined their opinion of me, or that my choice to take space from my ex stained their image of me or something. To clarify, my ex and I dated for six months, and they kind of led me on. They would say with their words that they were serious about me, but wouldn't follow through with actions, and at times were pretty rude to me. They ended up breaking up with me 12 hours after we got from our couple's trip, and I was caught pretty off guard. Since then, they haven't been willing to take accountability or even confront the conflict to try and be friends. I haven't talked to my ex since early May, but I keep having these intrusive thoughts of my ex hanging out with all of our mutual friends on a regular basis while I'm over here struggling to connect with these people. And I also don't think that's fair to my friends, one of whom I lived with for six years and met my first year at college. I believe these friends really care about me. I just find myself in these destructive thought cycles, even though I'm at the point now where I'm really happy being single and enjoying a full and meaningful life. Is there something more I should be doing to alter these thoughts? Or how do I maintain trust in myself that I'm on the right path? Sorry for the long email. I wanted you to be sure I had all the right context. I'm 25 and non-binary. I go by they, them. Ideal outcome, I guess either self-acceptance or a plan of action to reconnect with my friends more deeply. Other info, I do have plans to see one of my friends soon and my old roommate and I talk about meeting up. She's just been traveling a lot. Kind of ridiculous for me to feel so insecure, right? I think you just have to take it. Uh, eat, there's there's a couple there's a couple tactic or attacks to take. One, you can you know literally have a party, have an evening, invite your friends, 
and say, I'm having a party. You're all welcome to come. If you don't feel that you can invite them, then don't. If you feel you can invite the other person, certainly invite them and see if um, they show. And be a friend to everybody. Show there's no um, hard, uh, hard feelings between anybody and that your interest is the friendship of everybody. And you don't want to deter that friendship. If you want to take it independently, make your uh, make a lunch for two of those friends to join you and another to another day and say, I want to you know, continue our friendships. And I hope that, you know, that what happened with my past relationship between me and X isn't going to affect our friendship because I don't have any hostility to X. I just know that we have a healing period to get through, go through and we'll get there. And we shouldn't feel weird or uncomfortable. There's no sides to pick here that we are friends. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people come into the studio and were writing songs about the fact that they are in a friend group, got close with one of the people in the group, which is natural because you're all really close friends. And then something happens and they break up and it's either like, yep, we're just not working out. But most often I believe that within friend groups, when you date within friend groups, it ends in some kind of bad way. And then there's this just giant rift. I mean, it's like the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. So now you want to get all your friends together like you used to. And some friends are on one side, some friends are the other side. And it just, this, this like, enemy has been created and it's like you've divided the whole group and so it's it's hard to say don't date within friend groups because it's it's so natural to get close to people within close friend groups but mm -hmm. it just gets so messy and it it really is like you kind of just got to play it you know you there's certain things you can do to test it well I think there's, there's rules and here's rule one when you're with when you're with your group don't ask about the ex don't go probe them is the ex dating is the ex doing this don't probe about the ex you can just say i hope the ex is great and let's worry about what's going on with with within our own relationships right now and in, in humor but don't don't drag the ex's spirit into this into it because then then they're almost like they're using us as a tool to find out about the X. So that's why there's certain rules that go along with this to to keep your friendships with those individuals at the table between you and those individuals at the table. Right. And I think that's the the smartest thing in this whole story is the fact that you're going to meet up with one of them soon. And I think the one-on-ones are really good because th there's not, it's hard for that dynamic to keep playing out when it's one-on-one. -on -one. Two verse one, you never know if they're like texting and saying, this is super weird. They're asking mm -hmm. about X and whatever. But if it's just one-on-one, -on -one, you can really rekindle a friendship right. or a connection and make sure it's still there. And you have enough of those with all the people in the group. Next time you all get together, you know, you at least know that you have the support of the people. Yeah, so it I, does get weird in there. Yeah. It does get weird. And you have to really just leave that, you know, that, that the dead baggage, you know, off the train of this trip. <laughs> what does that mean? You know what I mean. And then hopefully 
you all can coexist in a big friend circle in time. In time. I honestly think the group invite was the best idea. You like I, all at once. I do because I think maybe they're apprehensive and come up with excuses because they're like, ah, you know, we knew so-and-so longer. We don't want to hurt so-and-so. And like, it's kind of like, hey, let's all come together. See, there's no issue. It's just like old times. You know, it, it didn't work out between us and no hard feelings. I'm, I'm enjoying single life and finding myself and having a good time. And I just want to be close with you all still. So- it gives, uh, it gives people a chance to just see mm-hmm. it's you know it's water under the bridge. I I think those I think both options are valid. Whatever works best for you. It's you're gonna know your friends the best exactly. and the dynamics yeah. within this group. So, but one of them you know one of them work. Yeah, you, you know, <laughs> it's like choose your own adventure. Whatever one works best for you, and just. It's one. hard. I, I, this is something I really relate to. I still, to this day, I question daily. I'm like, do my friends even like me? I'm like, do, are my friends really my friends? And like, I love them. They don't, they don't give me any reason to doubt they're my friends, but it's just our fucking brains. They'll just sabotage us sometimes. And, and that doesn't even relate to a heartbreak. No, but it's, you know, it's tough because, you know, heartbreak is the reason they're feeling maybe a little insecure be- with their friendships because, you know, that everything we've talked about yeah. so yeah it's tough like it's it's definitely a feeling that i think a lot of people deal with and all you can do is reach out and let those let the actions speak for themselves and if they're unwilling to connect and hang out and whatever then move on you know but i don't i don't think that's the case i think they'll come around and it's probably just timing summer's been crazy Feels like everything's been in retrograde for the past year. The world has been in <laughs> retrograde for the Oh world. my God. This year has been crazy. I don't know what it was about this year. And if we all just went into like hyperdrive because of COVID and missing like two years, but this year has felt nuts. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and just say they're busy. And it's kind of true. Everyone in music out. is ready to be done. Everyone who's come through the series, like after Thanksgiving, done, going home early. It's almost like you had the two weird years and then you've kind of put in this year in overdrive. So I think that's like, what it is. I'm out. I actually think that's what it is. And COVID also changed how we interact socially. Everything. I mean, a lot of people like realized like, damn, I hate going out. Why did I go out so much? And mm-hmm. now we don't even know how to go out. Well, we were in a long line earlier and <laughs> I was just thinking, okay, everyone is obviously standing there like this, right? Every phones. single person, except for like two girls that were having a conversation. That's not sad. And I was just thinking, well, okay, go back 30 years. We would have talked Everyone's to Everyone's just standing here like this. Looking up. And I guarantee you, talking. every single person would be in some kind of conversation with people they didn't know. We need to be more social with And strangers. so I was just thinking about that today. It was so weird and COVID made that extra. Mm-hmm. So it's like you don't even say hi to people anymore. You don't wave to people. You know, it's like, it just totally changed. This is a challenge for everyone listening. Wherever you're listening, whenever, if you're listening at night, accept this challenge the next day. But like start a conversation with a random stranger. As hard as that is, I have social anxiety. Like I get it. But just say hi. Just say hi. Yeah, compliments are easy. 
I haven't had a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. Yeah, but you come from the era before. Yeah, like, you're, you're you, you sing to grocery store clerks. You come clerks. from a few eras before, you know. So you've been yeah. around like having to. You were standing in line. You didn't have a phone to start like playing a game on. You were just like, yeah, hey, I like that shirt. And then you just like, where are you from? <laughs> My you know, dad like, is wild to take places. <laughs> like actually, he is a liability when you take him in public. My favorite one was. It was pretty early on, so we didn't have the dynamic we have now. It was okay. like early. And for some reason, we end up at Lowe's together. And I wasn't at the point where I'd be like, Jerry, no. Like, no, we're not doing that right now. But we're in line waiting, and it's kind of busy. And you know how people are at like stores like that, and they're in line and Everyone's busy. in a hurry, yeah. I'm afraid and to hear what I did. You just start like... I think you started by whistling, but then all of a sudden you just start singing this song out loud. Oh, I yeah. don't know if you remember it. And you're I, singing and like the cashier kind of looked and the, the other people in line looked and I'm just standing there like, <laughs> okay, I'm not really in the position yet to tell my girlfriend's dad like, Shut the hey, fuck Jerry, up. let's not sing right now. <laughs> like, I, I'm not vibing with this. It was more kind of like, I'm going to let him do his thing. Hopefully the line moves fast and we get out of here. But so <laughs> that what, was definitely what, one of those moments. What happened? Did anyone come and take me away? No, you're still no, here. No, but obviously. the line was so slow. I feel like that's the longest I've ever waited in line, <laughs> ever. Yeah, he, even at the DMV. That's a normal thing. <laughs> I will say the best thing we have ever created, though, is the family whistle. That family whistle started long before you were born. Oh my god, that's great! So for those of you, I've never—I don't think we've ever talked about it. I don't think you share. Um, I, I don't think you do it. It's probably—I don't. You don't think I share? No, because everyone starts doing it, oh, it's not it, going to be effective. It, it, no. Oh, yeah, that would be horrible. We, I don't you, think you'll you'll dilute it. Oh, well, I can't tell you how to. You find gotta your imagine this show is going to become the biggest show that ever has ever been. So, I'm sorry, guys, I can't tell you. You'll just have to catch us doing it in public. <laughs> <laughs> if you hear that in a store, we are close by. Well. All right, there we go. It's close. Oh, it's they don't. They don't know the the hack. And if you if you have a family whistle and you try to locate your family members by a whistle in a random store and everyone looks at you, just create a new whistle that's not our our whistle. So <laughs> we're good. All right. That's all I had for you. Today. That's it. Well, yeah. Guys, this is another week that um, we have gotten through. So we'll see you next week. And oh, by the way, if you tune in to our Patreon, we're going to do a Patreon right after this. So. Sure are. I don't know if it's a getting through. You know, we didn't get through yeah, this Yeah, it wasn't week. like a burden. Yeah. Oh, well. You make it sound like homework. Yeah. Oh, that's not homework. We, that's it for the show God. <laughs> you gotta show give the, the people you love the them. The nice, like, warm goodbye. Remember uh, what you used to do? Thank you for inviting me into your home and your heart. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. That, that way, whatever you said back uh, at episode three was pretty good. <laughs> and we... <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the of the show Morning Glory and Good Night and the next person and and thanks for being with it and Good Night Good Night Good Night Good Night and Good Night and I love that movie Rachel McAdams Harrison Ford and Diane on, Keaton and on that note All Star Cast Good Night we hope to see you next join us again next week and come by the way we're gonna do Patreon right after this so join us for our Patreon Yeah baby oh, Wait a minute and Good Night Good Night <laughs> you know. Good night. 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 You want to hear the bad thing? She's the one that's going to edit it. I'm going to be cut no matter if I did the last one. I'm leaving all this in. Everyone has stopped listening at this point. (laughs) It's over. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. (laughs) 
Thank you.